Hello everyone. Hello. Welcome uh, to another episode of Selling, Selling Tropical Dawn. Today is Thursday, the 24th of August, and we are in Brazil. Woohoo! Yo, we made it. So we're in Jacare slash Cabedelo, just Jao de Passau. Um, the actual place we are at the marina is actually little. I mean, it's not a little town. It's part of the whole thing. Is is all these three places are basically one place. It's just different areas in one place. Where you enter the river, because we're um, at a marina just up the, in the in the river, just off the ocean. Where you enter, it's Cabadello. You go a little bit further up the river, which is Jacare, which is where we are now. And Jacare means. A crocodile, actually. Mm. So used to be lots of crocodiles. Yeah, right unfortunately yeah. there aren't any anymore. But like on the opposite side of the, the other bank of the river, that from where we are, it's, it still looks very green. This side is is well, it's not urban. It's like small, smaller, Village. like smaller yeah. house, houses, like one stories and a few two two stories. But Cabodelo is is a bit bigger, and then Jao Passau is actually has like quite a few like tall buildings, like high rises. Mm. It's like the big bigger city but yeah we made it we did and it was a really challenging yes. trip it took us 20 days which is the longest we've done and we could have actually i think when i first looked it up i thought it was going to be 21 days then as we were getting ready in saint Helena, i was saying it might only take us 15 days which was assuming that we were going to do five knots i mean five knots average which was like totally not realistic. Um, <laughs> it was hopeful, I think. Hopeful. Mm. But that wasn't actually the hard part. I mean, we when we left, maybe we should just mm. take it Tell chronologically. So mm. we... Um, we planned to leave um, Centralina on the 28th of July. On Friday. But then we had already gotten kind of wind that there was like some bad weather coming. Um, and then we decided we were going to go anyway. Uh, we checked out the customs. And then we started to like all, because we were buddy sailing with another um, boat called Destiny. And started thinking that maybe it's not actually the best idea to leave in bad weather. So we uh, checked with customs and confirmed that if, as long as we stay on our boat until Monday, which is when the storm was set to be clearing, um, that we could stay for the weekend. So we ended up staying on the boat for... Uh, like from Friday to Monday. Yeah, just at anchor. Mm. It actually turned out to be so nice. Yeah. Like, we've always, like, we've, I've, when we were preparing to sail, that's what I've heard from other people, like, it's good to have, like, a few day or a few days of just resting before you mm. actually set off. And we always had the idea we'd, that we would, but if you're, like, it always ends up that you're preparing all the last-minute things and you just don't really get to rest so now since we couldn't get we're not allowed to go off come off the boat yeah we were just basically it was great just just uh, relaxing on the boat and mm -hmm. like there wasn't really Much anything to do. To, to do plus the wind the wind was like howling that we didn't want to be outside anyway um so that were, was actually worked out well it did um so then on uh, monday the, our days of departure um which I think was the 31st of July. Um, we had already made arrangements with uh, Russell from Destiny to go and take his lines off with him because we had a dinghy, an outboard motor. So we set Russell off. He was waiting a little way away for, for us. And then we came back 
trying to get our dinghy back on the, well, loaded our dinghy onto the boat, which was covered with barnacles and like oh. little moss and and crabs and everything, by the way. <laughs> so it took some time to just clean that, map up the dinghy, uh, st- stow the dinghy. And then we're like, okay, well, let's start the engine. <laughs> so, yeah, so the whole engine story. Yeah. We actually, as we were, when we were approaching St. Helena, we had a little bit of issues with the engine. Then we solved those issues by uh, replacing all the diesel filters. Then the engine still didn't run. Then we figured out that the fuel stop, which is basically what you use on the diesel engine to stop the engine, mm. was out, so there wasn't enough fuel coming in. Then the diesel engine worked fine for like, as we moved the boat from just on the anchorage from one mooring ball to another. And then the next time we tried to start it, it wouldn't start. Then we got Johnny, the uh, ferry guy. We actually asked him if he knew anyone who could do diesel engines. He's like, yeah, no, but I can help. I can have a look. So he helped us like, kind of figure a way to start it. But it was kind of a roundabout way of like... It was a MacGyver kind of yeah, scenario. Like spraying WD-40 and stuff, which is, isn't bad for the engine, but it, it's, it wouldn't start properly. So we actually managed to get the engine started like that, but took us about half an hour while Russell was like just mm. half a mile or a mile away waiting for us. Uh, so then we started the engine, mm. we started the motoring away and we wanted to put the... Well, first of all, we had yeah. like a discussion. I don't know if it was at that point. Yeah, we like, no, you, you were just saying like, let's just sail out of here. Yeah, I was like, because I don't like running the engine, it's flipping noisy to have the engine on. Like. It's just, I found it like really like an intense experience. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's just like do this. I know some people will do it. It's like sail out, go leave the place under sail. Um, but there are some like concerns to, to doing that. Yeah, so yeah. the thing is, we were like on the mooring balls closest to the island, so we had to go past the other mooring balls, which isn't. I mean, the mooring field in, in Jamestown and in Delina is, is quite open, but there was one boat that just arrived, like a, uh, looked like a brand new catamaran, which was kind of downwind mm. at the next buoy from us. So I was just like, I don't want to risk this, because if we just blow onto this boat, like without an engine, we would, you wouldn't be able to steer the boat if you yeah. don't get the wind in your sails at the right time. Okay, so we made a conscious verbal decision that even though we were having engine issues, we were going to continue. Yeah. So, because we were like really, it was time to I think at that leader. point, yeah, at that point we weren't, we were not, no, we were, say, I was saying I would only want to start, like, leave if we can start the engine. If we can't start the engine, then we need to fix the engine. But we managed to start the engine and we left. Mm-hmm. So about an hour out, Demi says, let's get the autopilot out. So. I think we actually started... Okay, sorry. <laughs> you... No, continue. <laughs> Getting the evil eye again. <laughs> so about an, whatever time frame, because Demi was about to argue that I'm giving the wrong time frame, we... Um, um, Demi tells me to get the autopilot out, so I, I grab the most newest updated version of the autopilot that we have because we had kept the old one. Plug it in. It plugs in fine. It's got power. But the little arm that uh, manages the tiller, the steering, doesn't extend. doesn't move at all. So 
I'm like, okay, let's maybe get the second one and see, you know, so we can determine is it a problem with the device or is it a problem with cabling. So we got the second one, also goes on, but it doesn't go beyond the like startup screen. Can't get it to go beyond the startup screen. So Demi, shame poor Demi, goes inside and he's trying to like fiddle with the cabling, trying to like find out maybe it's a problem with the connection on the battery. I think he spends quite a bit of time trying to sort mm. that out. Like huge frustration, like, and yeah. also like the question again, like, what are we gonna do? Like, cause we are we gonna turn around or are we gonna continue? Mm. I think it was like by the second hour or something. Mm. I just uh, opened up the new. Wait, yeah. do you want to something to? No, add? no, no, no. Yeah. Opened up the new uh, autopilot to see if there was anything wrong physically inside, and actually found that one of the belts that con- controls the drive for the arm um, was broken it's like a it's the same as a um what do you call that dry, that rubber on the engine yeah, yeah the belt the belt the same as the belt on the engine but tiny it's like a, small. Well, two centimeters long it's yeah. like a tiny little belt but uh so anyway we found that that had snapped um so we decided to open up the old one and luckily that one was intact so we just switched them hmm. we just uh, replaced the which i was really proud of myself for doing you you did a really good job because <laughs> in the meantime like one of us needs to be hand steering because, like, yeah, we can't. Mm. We also like the wind vane, which is supposed to be our first, like, mm. auto, like auto, no, well, of uh, automatic steering. We just, we were planning to use wind vane. We've been planning to do that since we left Cape Town, but we've never gotten it to work, and now it's broken. We left, we left knowing that it was broken because we weren't able to fix it in Saint Helena. Mm. So at this point, we know we got an engine that doesn't start properly. Mm. We've got two broken tiller, pilot, tiller pilots, autopilots, which are the electric ones, and the wind vane is it's also broken. Bugged. So it's like, yeah, I'm, and I'm like kind of half joking to Kay, like if we need to hand steer all the way to Brazil, we will hate sailing so much, we will never want to sail again. Yeah. Like, yeah. But we still made the decision, we were like, we... We actually, at this point, we were discussing it, like, yeah. should we just turn back, because it seems like this, like, too many things that aren't working mm. but in the meantime like yeah russell on destiny mm. we'd agreed with him to go sail. together because yeah. he's a solo sailor and he didn't want to sail by himself so if we turn back either he would need to sail by himself or he'd have to turn back or he'd well. also have to turn back and so we that... we were basically also just had had enough of saint Helena. i mean we love saint Helena, we still do but mm. we'd spend enough time there and it was just time to go yeah so we make a consciousness verbal upwards to the world. Okay, so we try to mainly also like, <laughs> like do we want to, like, are we yeah. in agreement? Are we going to continue or are we going to just turn back? Yeah, we decided to continue. So we discussed at that point, okay, well, the battery isn't working, so we didn't really want no, to run the, the, ba- ba- the. I mean, the engine isn't working. We didn't yeah. really want to run the autopilot all, uh, I mean, the engine um, at nighttime anyway, so we decided, okay, we've got this autopilot now, it's working. We'll just run it during the day and at night we'll steer, hand steer. Yeah, can I yes, explain please. a bit? So yeah. the, the thing is, we've got batteries, like we got a solar panel and we got batteries. The battery doesn't isn't strong enough to power the autopilot throughout the night. So at night, either we have to run the engine, not the whole time, but at least to charge it a few times a night, which was what we did from Walvis Bay to St. Helena, which was just very noisy and like sleep disrupting and was yeah. was not not nice um, but normally during the daytime with the solar panel we have enough power to 
use the tiller pilot. Yeah. So we only have to hand steer during the night. So this is all very, very well. We already know it's going to be hard because we, we I think we've already decided we're going to do three-hour shifts at that point. Yeah, I'm not Overnight. sure. Before we were... Before we were doing four-hour shifts. No, no, but for this trip, yeah, we didn't I'm just, do four uh, hours, I just want to give the context. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were discussing. Yeah, we, yeah, that we were going to switch to three hours. Just that it wasn't as long uh, over the overnight. Because hand steering is like, yeah, quite tiring. I'm getting the the, the eyes again. <laughs> it's getting dark, so you won't be able to see them. <laughs> <laughs> danger, danger. So. Um, oh yeah, so we, uh, we, we do this for a few days, we, and like, uh, already, because we're just getting into sailing again, the body's already taking strain, you're really feeling like really tired, just from like, the adjustment of being like, still at anchor, even though you're on the water, to actually the motion of the ocean, like just mm. your body's adjusting to that, plus the added, like, three hour shifts at night, um, but we had the daytime and it was still pretty chilled um, at that point. And I don't know at which point that that's kind of like. Well, oh, it was probably like day. What at what point did the battery? I think it was only only at day ten. So the yeah. the thing is the first first three days we were just sailing on. The, so we got two. Uh, when you're sailing downwind, you use the forward sail. We, we actually, we, when we were first sailing, like from Cape Town, we used the mainsail, mm. but we realized it's just for downwind sailing that doesn't make sense. So we just used the forward sail. We've got three different sails that we can choose from. We got a big one, which is the Genoa. It's the biggest one, which we use if there's not. I mean, if there's re regular wind, if there's not strong wind, we usually use that. But if there's a lot of wind, we want to use the working jib, which is. Quite a bit smaller, but not very small. Mm. So when we left Saint Helena, we put the working jib up because we were like not sure what the wind's going to be like, and we don't want to be like overpowered, like have too much sail. So the first three days we were sailing with the working jib, and we were like going like three miles or some three miles an hour, like three knots. We were going like really slow, but we were too tired to actually change the sail. Yeah. Then after three days, we changed to the Genoa, mm. and we're still like only doing like yeah, three and a half, maybe four knots. It was still not going very fast. So I think after a week or a week and a half, I think because in the meantime we're talking to Russell either via VHF if we're close enough, or we're talking via Garmin Inreach, which is like the satellite mm. messenger where we send that text messages. So we stay in touch with Russell to know where he is and where we are and how everyone's doing. And like actually, I think after about a week and a half, he was a bit starting to panic because, like, we we're like maybe one third in in the of the way to Brazil. We we're like a week and a half in, so at this rate, it's gonna take us another 20 days, mm -hmm. and he doesn't have enough water to make it that far. Mm -hmm. We we're just like, yeah, this is taking a long time, and with this hand steering, it's just gonna be like. We don't, I mean, it's not fun to be sailing that long, but at least there wasn't any real risk for us. Mm. I mean, we had enough water, we definitely have enough food, we, yeah, I mean, there's this, this not really any any danger, but it was a, b a bit, yeah, frustrating, I mean, frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like I didn't want to fast forward a bit. Yeah. 
So at some point, uh, we drained our batteries completely. Um, um, so this meant that we could no longer use the uh, autopilot at, uh, during the day. So we changed to hand steering full time. Um, we, I think we switched, I don't know if we switched immediately I to two hours. We, eh? I think we were already doing three hours. Yeah, so we found three hours that. too long, yeah. So we switched Especially at night, it was just too tiring, yeah. Yeah, so we were on two hour shifts each. Um, and that's basically how the rest of the trip went hand steering all the way to Brazil. And it was like super intense. Um, but we still got, I was really proud, like I didn't get seasick this time. Um, I had my one patch that I put on in the beginning and I didn't have to replace that. Uh, I, I got nauseous one or two nights, but not nothing like anything like what I normally get, like super light. Um, and, but I think it was mostly because I was hungry or tired, mm. probably more tired. Um, and I just took a little light nausea tablet and that worked. Um, and we ate really well. Like mm. we were having like spaghetti, vegan spaghetti bolognese. We had like mushroom risotto. We yeah. had like really nice well, meals. A warm meal every day, like a at proper meal. At least one meal. warm meal. Yeah, so what I would do is I'd probably make a meal uh, at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and that meal would be like our meal for the day. So we would eat that for the day. Um, and I think it worked really well. So I think that that was something that was really great. Um, and we saw, I think, on like day 12 or something, I think it was. I'm losing track of the days already. Mm. It's funny how the memory just forgets. Yeah, also, already. I mean, yeah. we probably, we did write it in a lot, yeah, so we, we would did. be able to see there, but like, yeah. yeah. We saw uh, a whale just popped out right next to the boat, like about four meters away. We still don't know what kind of whale it was, because it wasn't yeah. big. We've got a, a little book with all whales. Dolphins and seals. But we we found found yeah. one that it kind of looked like. But yeah, but yeah. we're not sure uh, what type it was. And like that for me was like a good omen because I think like the whole time we've been on the water, I automatically sometimes think of the things that I think it's natural that could go wrong. Um, and when I saw the whale, <laughs> there was a sound of a whale in the background. Not sure if you heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I um I was like, okay, this is we're fine. Like. Mm. It's going to be okay. Um, so that was the first like uh, sign I feel like from nature that everything was fine. Um, and then it was like quite interesting with all the uh, shifts that we were doing. Um, Demi had the same kind of experience where your mind goes to all kinds of like places. Like you go into like hyper thinking mode. Huh? Mm. Hyper processing mode. Like I was mm. thinking about all kinds of things, things that uh, had happened in the past, things that were going to possibly happen in the future. Um, I was thinking about things that aren't even in my realm of reality, <laughs> like, <laughs> that aren't even my stuff. Um, and then also like like a grieving process, like grieving like future lo losses of people. And yeah, it was just like really intense. Like I think I was like, one of the mornings I was just like <laughs> I was like the only one outside, obviously, because Demi was off shift. That's another thing. It was like, quite hard because when mm. one person's on, sh sh off sh on shift, the other one's off shift. So they're probably sleeping. So we're not getting a lot of time of interaction. or mm. We barely have time to rub chests with each other. Mm. Um, and so it is, yeah. I mean, you know that the other person's there, so it's not exactly lonely. But it's mm. definitely a time for, like, it felt like it was time for going inwards. And I've heard this from other people, too. So I don't think it was just our experience. Um, 
but like really good. I think it was really good that all of that happened. Um, and then we saw tons of rainbows. I wanted to say like lots mm. and lots of rainbows because Especially it was raining the a lot. First few days we saw rainbows every the day whole time. or multiple times yeah. a day. And you saw a. I saw a moonbow. Apparently, it's called a moonbow. It's a it's a rainbow at night time. So we had a full moon for once we well when we were leaving uh, Saint Helena. And on one of my shifts, I saw this, like, you know, the same arch that a rainbow has from, from the bottom all the way to the other side, the full set of rainbow. And I was like, is this, like, am I imagining this? Or is this, like, some kind of weird optical illusion? I'm pretty sure that's a rainbow. But it wasn't reflected as uh, colors. It was just, uh, like, a white uh, bow. <laughs> what did you call it? Arch. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, is this even a real thing? <laughs> like, I, I was like, pretty sure that if I had to, like, talk to someone about this, they would tell me that I was, like, hallucinating or something. Um, but happy to, to say that being on land has confirmed that this is a real thing. It means I, I did confirm yeah, it to you. Because yeah, I was actually thinking it. about it. Because yeah. as, as the... Uh, at sea, when you have a full moon, it's, like, it's so bright. Like, you, you see shadow... I mean, it throws shadows. It's, like, it's... Yeah. It's really, like, inc I mean, I think the only other place I've ever seen the moon being that bright is uh, anywhere else where it's, like, really dark, like, in the desert or somewhere where you don't yeah, have other lights. And it's, yeah. like, really intense. Like, also, the moonrise, I don't know if you, I didn't see any moonrise now, but, like, a moonrise, actually, yeah. in those conditions is, like, just as spectacular as a sunrise. Yeah, it's, like, it really is. amazing. And I was actually thinking about it, like, I'm sure you should be able to see a moon Mumbo, yeah. if it, I mean, I, I think I might have once heard about it existing. So when Kate told me about it, it's like, yeah, that sounds really plausible. Like I actually was thinking about it that you probably would be able to see Mumbos. <laughs> yeah, so that was also for me like another like, okay, I feel, <laughs> you know, it's like a sign of something, a sign that we're on the right track. Um, and then. Okay, then we got, we were on the sea for long enough to have a uh, new moon. Yeah, so there were f like some night shifts where it's just... Pitch black. Pitch black. You, you don't you, you don't even see the ocean around you. Yeah. You don't see anything. And normally then, like if if it's a clear sky, you see... You see... The stars. Stars, yeah. and actually, I mean, if you've ever been anywhere where it's like really, like where there's no light pollution, you'll see the Milky Way. You see actually mm -hmm. this almost white mm -hmm. I mean it's not a straight line but it's just like yeah it's it's really amazing and actually that actually gives even the stars give like light. a bit of light yeah. like enough light to see you but since it was overcast yeah. it's basically it was just pitch black you don't even see stars you don't see anything mm. it's like it's really disorienting but yeah. were, I mean, I did have a few nights where I, it was clear, like not continually, yeah, yeah. but at some point. That was quite amazing, the uh, clear. Yeah, but also, yeah. it's quite amazing that some of the biggest stars were actually casting um, a, a light on the water, mm. the same way that the moon does. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I've never yeah, seen that Yeah, so that's before. the amazing thing of yeah. being, I mean, like, what's around the full moon and around the new moon, being at, out at sea, like, it's... On a, like with, especially on a small boat, which yeah. like at night you don't put any lights on because you don't want to um, get rid of your night vision. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really amazing. So, um, at the same time, because our batteries were dead, we uh, we started slowly losing like our lights, um, our tri lights, our uh, compass lights. 
um, and we were kind of dedicating any kind of power that we had to our uh, navigation device, our Garmin InReach, because we were like, okay, if, if, if... If we don't even know where we are. Yeah. So we were like planning on like, to me, learning how to use a sextant. Which and, I was actually, I've been planning yeah. to do and I've been, I've taken it out and I... But the problem now is, <laughs> it's overcast most days, so you can't actually see the sun. And when you can see the sun, one of us is uh, is steering and the other one is sleeping. So you don't actually have... I mean, I could have made time to take a, a, a sighting. But like, we decided on the other hand to just switch our Garmin device, which is actually a, uh, it's a handheld GPS, which also is a satellite um, communication, um, to just switch that off most of the time and then either switch it off every two hours and then at some point we switch to don't only every six hours because I was just so worried that we wouldn't be able to to have just navigate yeah. navigate and especially the last part where we really need to because Kay was saying just if we just follow a compass course we'll get there it's like yeah but if you go even just a few degrees off a compass course you end up somewhere completely different yeah. Plus, when we're sailing downwind, you can't actually really sail completely downwind because then the sails start to flap. So you're basically tacking like about 10, 15 degrees off the wind to one side and then to the other side and back and forth. Yeah. And then about seven days prior to us arriving, we started seeing quite a few cargo ships, eh? Yeah. There was actually one evening where you... Well, on watch where you told me you saw a lot of ships and yeah. then like at some point there were like like two three at the same time and that was just the ones we saw because normally we have our radio as AIS which shows us where other ships are and uh, we have AIS transmitter which shows where other ships where we are but we couldn't by this time the battery was so dead that we couldn't even switch the radio on mm. so now we're just keeping a visual watch so I feel like that was probably like Possibly, I mean, besides the lack of sleep or sl like full full night sleep, like the full six to eight hours, I feel like that was maybe like a point of Worry. stress. Yeah, yeah, because we weren't sure. I, mean, I suppose it was like you know, like when you worry, you worry about things that may not even mm -hmm. happen. Usually, um, it was kind of like that. Like, what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to like navigate there and? Yeah, I suppose it just made us feel a bit more vulnerable, hey? Yeah. Even though it was perfectly fine in the but end. But uh, in the end, it, it helped us actually yeah. a lot to to also realize... We shouldn't be so reliable. Reliant. Reliant on, yeah. on AIS. Yeah. And, I mean, um, Russell was sailing... With us. With us, with us but with, by this time... I mean, we knew he was there because we were still in touch with Garmin, but we couldn't we, talk on the... Yeah, we, you, it's so weird, like, you don't see each other for days. Like, we, have, we didn't... We saw him... Three the times day, the whole trip, yeah. And then I think maybe like the second or third day we came close enough to see each other. And that was it. And since then we didn't see each other. Yeah. Um, so you just know where you, ch we, you are just because you're sending garments messages. But like, <laughs> apart from that, like, yeah. But it's still it's still good good to know that someone's nearby. I mean, we did it mainly to help him, but in the end, it, it did feel... Comforting for us. Yeah. Um, mm. But I, I found it, like, yeah, actually quite... Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's good to see how you can still do, like, sail. Like, that's the beauty about the sailboat. You just need your sails. Like, you don't actually need all these other things. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're so reliant on navigation that we do need that. But, like, 
even without being able to recharge a device, if you just switch it on for like a few minutes every six hours, that device would have lasted us a whole month or something. So it would have made, we would have been able to make it all the way to the whole passage. Mm -hmm. And just having a visual watch, it's, I think it's on our next passages, even though we will have iOS and all the things again, I think we'll be much more aware that like how important it is to keep a visual watch. Because I feel like a visual watch is actually... I mean, at some point, one ship came very close to us, but because I had a visual watch, I actually was more confident that mm. it wasn't going to hit us, because when you keep a visual on where it's going, mm. that actually is more, almost more... I mean, you get a better sense of how close it is, and yeah. it's like... It, the ship came so close that if we only had AIS, I would have worried about it. But yeah. knew, now I know, like, okay, I see it's actually... It's, it's path is yeah. past our path, so it, we, it's impossible for us to hit each other anymore. Yeah. So that was also um, very... Um, comforting. Comforting. Actually, I, I want to say a little bit more about how we got to the point where okay. the batteries died. Because yeah. I think, I mean, I thought about it a lot that it was like... It also, yeah, mm -hmm. it put me in a bit of a dark place mentally. Yeah. Because, so what happened, like, we were hand steering at night, but one night I think I got either seasick or I got so tired that I just turned the tiller pilot on for, like, I think I don't, we were still doing maybe three-hour watches, and I think maybe I turned it on for the last hour of that. Yeah. And then the next day we just switched on the tiller pilot like we usually do but it was an overcast day and I wasn't paying attention to our battery levels which is also that's that's a big mistake and I was also by this time just thinking like normally you don't let your batteries go below 50% the batteries we have but I was at this point like yeah no it's fine they can go down to 30% it's 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 cool I was like reading about it in, in a book but I, the problem was what I was reading was about deep cycle batteries we don't have deep cycle batteries so anyway made like wrong decision that it was okay to let the batteries go this low and then the one day where we killed the batteries we didn't, we, di yeah, we didn't pay attention to the batteries at all until the evening when I looked at the batteries normally by the having even with the little pilot on having the sun on the solar panels and charging the batteries like the batteries are not at a hundred percent but at least at eighty percent now the batteries were in the evening at thirty percent or yeah. even less so I knew they were like, it's really bad. So by this time, it's like, okay, now we have to switch everything off. We can't use the tiller pilot again. The next day... We like, oh yeah, that was a big rigmarole here. Because, Tim, you were trying for so yeah, hard I was like, to make the things work. I was like just trying to figure out how to make this work. Because like, I'm like, a, without, without um, battery, we're like, we're screwed. Um, so then... So our battery bank has like one, um, with a, the starter battery, which is supposed to be for uh, starting the engine, the diesel engine, and then two other batteries, which are house batteries. But the way we've used the batteries, because of how the everything is wired and we have only one solar panel, we almost always use them all together. So we have it on switch on both, which means we're using all three batteries at the same time. And the problem was, so when the batteries were killed, all three of the batteries were dead. But then I realized, okay, let's just switch to one. And actually one was still charging to... 11.6. 11. 
seven or something, wasn't it? Seventy, yeah, which seven, is thirty seven percent, which yeah. is very low, but at least it was still charging, and that was still enough to have the. Like at this point, we're just like, okay, we're just gonna only switch on the essentials, which is the VHF radio, the AIS at night, the tri lights, and uh, compass. compass lights, and I think at this point we still had the um, our um, Raspberry Pi, which runs OpenCPM, which is basically our chart plotter. We turned this chart plotter screen off because I'd use a lot of power, but at least we can switch it on and see where, where we are. Then I realized, no, we have to switch the chart plotter off. Cause, so we just used the Garmin, which is, was a kind of our backup um, navigation, but it's fine because we've got the charts on there, we got everything on there. But then I think the next day I was like trying to figure out how we could recharge the batteries so I think I put it put it back on both and I think like oh wow okay now everything is charging but what I didn't realize or what I did realize but didn't think about is that batteries two and three so bank two were completely dead they were draining the battery from battery one so now battery one was going below 30 percent actually below 20 percent so it actually killed battery one and two and three <laughs> and by this point like the solar panel actually doesn't actually do anything anymore because the, i mean the batteries can't be charged anymore because they're basically they're so dead that they're like they're not going up anymore and then i got so upset with myself that i like let this happen like mm. where actually at some point we still had a battery that was seemed to be charging now we don't have navigation anymore. We can't charge no our Garmin anymore. Yeah, no we, At that point, we still had a twilight at night, but it was very faint. No, well, the first night it was still okay. Like every night, it would get like fainter and fainter mm. until like one night it just didn't go on anymore. Then the only light we still had was our because now we're just steering by compass. We don't have our Garmin on full time. Full time, or we don't have a chart plotter, so we're just following a compass course. And if you don't see like in the middle of the ocean if you don't see where, you, where you're going you just end up going completely the wrong way so after a few nights of that like even the compass light doesn't go on anymore so luckily our friend uh, Chantal gave us a solar uh, like a little I mean like a uh, garden light a solar garden light, garden light it's, yeah. it's a torch that you put in the ground and it has like a solar panel on top so we charge that every day and then at night we turn that on to the you see, like, just face in the direction of the campus so we can and still it's, see. And it's too bright, so we put something in front of it so it doesn't blind us. And that's the only, like, basically, we don't have any power except for the little, like, the two, tri like, solar charging lights that we have. One for inside and one for outside. <laughs> but by this time, like, yeah, actually, I guess after doing that for, like, a few days and nights, we realized, okay, now the Garmin will... Lost. lost us at yeah. this rate we will be able to make it now the next worry is because we knew we had to sail up the river oh yeah so we already knew the engine wasn't starting well before and now we've killed the starter battery so the engine's definitely not going to start we had this vague idea that it's in theory possible to hand crank mm -hmm. the engine but we'd never done it before and knowing that the engine was already Difficult very iffy to start, to start yeah. we were like not very hopeful to do that so actually we asked Russell on Destiny if he would tow us. Yeah. But then we also, I mean, at some point he, he's telling us he's got a, a little um, solar panel that's connected to a battery pack that we could use to charge our Garmin. And also we at some point said, like, well, we've got more water if you run out of water. But then we realized, like, we're in the middle of the ocean. There's, like, not 
heavy seas, but there's still like two, three meter waves. It's like, how are you going to bring two boats close enough to each other to exchange these things without crashing into each other? It's like, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Let's just stay out of each other's way. Yeah. We did think about pumping, like, we were like, okay, maybe we we can pump up the dinghy and like send the dinghy across. And then Demi was like, yeah, if you get a gust of wind, that maybe... Like, you'd have to be very careful not to get pushed out to sea in the dinghy. Yeah. So we decided, like, this is a terrible idea. Let's just work with what we have. And then yeah. and then we, we, we were still, like, yeah, well, we can... We could, he could tow us in, but then we also were thinking, like, he's a solo sailor. sailor. Yeah. Like, so he's alone on his boat. If we tow him, even get to throw him a towing line that we get to him, like... It seems like really dangerous. It seems to create a more dangerous situation than us trying to sail up the river. Yeah. And we were also at the same time via uh, Garmin chatting to uh, Franco on Trinity, who they had sailed here uh, a month or a few months ago. Yeah. So he he's he's here in at the marina and he can tell us about the local conditions. So we actually asked him like, is it possible to sail into the uh, onto the up anchor the river, up yeah. the river? And he's like, yeah, no, it's totally doable, but you have to do it on the right tide because when it's going from low tide to high tide, the tide is pushing up into the river, so you got the current with you. Mm-hmm. But if the current is the opposite, then it's pretty much impossible to... You have to fight the current so much, and, like, under sail, it would be impossible. But, yeah, so at this time, we are like, we actually decided we will sail we up the river. Yeah, we don't want to be towed. We don't want to be towed. Yeah. Um... And if anything goes wrong, it's a river which is, like, uh, in the middle, like, an, uh, it's deep enough to sail, to sail, but, like, towards the sides, it's more shallow, which we could just drop anchor there. If anything goes wrong, we just drop anchor and figure it out. And by this time, like, we were, like, about a week in, so we could actually calculate pretty accurately at the current speed when we would be arriving. And we realized we would be arriving just around low tide, so as the tide shifts to pushing us in, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, so, we, uh, we start approaching land. Well, first of all, the first thing that we noticed is that the, okay, they, at some point along the way, there was a, a pod of dolphins, I just want to mention mm, that. Yeah, beautiful. And beautiful, that swam with us for quite a while, and then we had a, a little bird that just plumped itself on our bride for one night. Um, I think it was just tired of Yeah, was, I think that was still three days out. So, yeah. I mean, we'd started to see more birds, so there were definitely birds out there, but I think most of the birds you see there, they're, like, they're okay with, like, just landing on the ocean and just mm-hmm. floating, but it, I think this one, either, like, it doesn't, like, I don't know. It just got tired, It yeah. just got tired and it couldn't, like, it, so it needed a rest, which we've heard from other people also, like, you end up, like, sometimes even in the middle of the ocean seeing birds and they're so tired that they just land on your boat and they actually come very close because they're too tired to be afraid of you yeah. and they actually just need the rest so it's one of the other boats which they said they had a little bird that sat right next to them for three days yeah um so yeah, pretty it's pretty cool mm. um so as we were approaching we the first thing i started noticing was the change of color in the water it started becoming like a kind of like almost like a pale blue green um compared to like the dark blue that we'd seen from saint helena 
and then some deb like plant debris in the water and I was like that was getting quite exciting and then the next thing was like that smell the smell of the land hmm. and this place smells so nice <laughs> very earthy but also like some some like woody. floral fragrance yeah, yeah. it's got definitely very it's smell like, tropical yeah I, yeah, like I've said it three times now, so it seems silly to say it again. But what I did think was that like all the people on the on the <laughs> land were wearing the same perfume, and the wind was just blowing the same perfume in our direction because it was quite strong. Um, but so beautiful. Um, so that was the second thing, and the next thing we heard was like the beat of the drum. Like, <laughs> uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Hear, and Jimmy was like, "No, I don't think. I don't think." We're so too far out. That's yeah, not, it can't that's be. Not possible. And then he heard it, and then it was more. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. so it's like, okay, this is obviously one of the beach bars, like beach parties, like pumping music. Actually, the first thing, sign of land we saw oh, yeah. was like the rectangles, the, the yeah. high, high rises, actually, mm. which was the skyline of Jao Pasao, which was like, yeah. Because it's, when you approach uh, St. Helena, it's like a rock, it's like a big mountain, but here it's like... Flat. It's very flat, yeah. so the, the only thing that was sticking out was the high rises, which was like totally not what we expected. We thought this was going to be like a small... Village. Small village yeah. or something. Um, mm. Yeah. So we had quite a challenge sailing up the river. Uh, I mean, it wasn't too bad. It's just we were flipping tired and like eager to arrive and just like fed up with the whole thing. Mm. And we were um, we were sailing and we had to keep on tacking like to zigzag up the river, depending on the wind. Tacking, yes. yes people yeah. who don't know sailing, so you can't. Like, as I said, it's difficult to sail exactly downwind, but that's just because the sail starts flapping. In theory, you can just sail downwind, but if you try, you can't sail straight into the wind, which makes sense. But yeah. you can sail at like 15 to 20 degrees, but if you have to go exactly where the wind is, you have to sail in one direction of the wind, then turn into the wind and to the other side and like zigzag, mm. which was like, as soon as we got into the river, we actually go take a left and then there's like, a section where you sail basically straight into the wind. Yeah. And then in our like frazzled states, we almost hit a. Uh, like a ferry, like a. a like a. It's like a train, a small train. Yeah, it's like. So the river is actually quite. Wide. Quite wide, but also yeah. like there's no bridge over the river. So um, if you're going to get to the other river, like there's like little ferry boys that bring people and, and bicycles, but like uh, closer to Cabodelo. There's actually bigger, like it's a barge basically that's like being pushed by a, a boat, which has like cars and like big, big stuff on it, and yeah. So Demi made me in charge of navigation, which I still think it was a bad idea. Because <laughs> I was steering, and at some point I thought like let's shift this, but then I asked if she she felt confident in what she was doing, and she said no. I was like, well, then I think I probably should be steering. <laughs> and then. Yeah, it was funny because we saw the barge and we were like, then he's like, okay, well, I don't know, it was like time to tack. I'm not saying you said or I said, yeah, it but was it, was, just... it was time to tack and the, this barge was coming through and I was like, uh, shouldn't we wait for the barge to pass? Anyway. But was... at the same time, you were telling me that the way we were sailing, we were going to go into shallow water, which was actually, we got onto very shallow, like where we could have run aground. Yes. So but anyway, we start tacking and I'm like, we're going to hit the barge. Let's abort, abort. <laughs> And 
then he does just a, like this roundabout turn with the boat. So we actually turn all like we turn three sixty degrees. <laughs> we get hooted the, at by the barge. The, yeah, they hoots like at us, which is never a good thing. Like if another barge hoots at you, it's like you're in your like we're way gonna crash. Close. Like you're way too yeah. close. So we do like a three sixty turn. We get actually turn back downwind, which is like we're fighting to get get upwind. So but it's the only way to avoid hitting the barge. So we do go downwind. We do a jab, and we end up in the same direction as we were going first. And okay. now, now we're trying to figure out where we need to turn, because like we're by this time we're in quite shallow water, like in about two meters. I think it was like zero point one. It was supposed to be zero point one, but it was uh, no, high that's tide. On the, that's on the chart. Yeah, on the chart, but it was high tide, so it was obviously deeper. Deeper, I mean deeper at that but point. But uh, on the depth meter, I think it went down to. About 1.3, our meter, yeah, our boat yeah. is 1. 1. 1.3 6. meters deep. It was 1.6 or something. But it was actually 1.6 because our, our depth meter is 3 me- 30 centimeters down. So it was only 30 centimeters between the bottom of the boat and the, and the, and the sand, sand bank. bank. Yeah. It's actually the part we sailed over, on the chart it shows us green. So in low tide it actually sticks out of the water. Mm. So we actually were quite lucky that we didn't run aground there. <laughs> which was like, yeah, at that point we were just basically, it's like either we... Like we run aground or we hit a barge. <laughs> anyway, and then and there then was other... a bit of a yeah. A, 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 how can I say? There was a mm, a bit talk? of a domestic that we had. Yes. <laughs> about the D word was uttered. <laughs> Divorce <laughs> being the D word. Uh, no, we we could laugh about it quite quickly, but yeah. I mean, yeah, well. We'll talk a bit about like the whole relationship side of, of, oh, yeah. of but like yeah, it, that was definitely one of the more high tension moments where we just, I mean, I wouldn't say we were blaming each other of like, but I, we, like, were. I just, we were, but like yeah. I, um, I guess I, I, I said that we weren't because like as a skipper you should never, I mean, if you blame someone else for whatever is happening on the boat as a skipper you're you're a bad skipper like as a skipper you're always always responsible which i did realize and like no this is it's my fault like I, I i wasn't paying attention and i was yeah i was starting to panic and you know anyway apart from that like our boat doesn't tack easily like turn into the wind like from one like sailing close to the wind to the other side close sailing close to the wind so and we knew that from before but now we're trying to sail as close to the wind as possible to get to where we want to go and then tack to the other side. But then the boat actually stalls in the middle and then it, it turns back. Wind. back yeah. You end up going back the way you, you were going and you try to do that three times, four times. And you know, like at some point, if we don't tack, we're going to just hit land. Yeah. We either run aground or we just hit the, the side of the river. Uh, so that was also very stressful. And then I think like... <sighs> So then we, we eventually, we tried to figure out, now it's getting dark, because we, we arrived just before sunset. It's starting to get dark, and we're trying to figure out where this actual flippin' marina anchorage is. is. Yeah. We can see the marina, we can see the other boats, but where and it's is actually the anchorage? Franco on, on Trinity was actually fishing light at us, yeah. so we could see where he was, yeah. but it's still very hard to figure out, like, where do we now anchor? Yeah. So it's getting darker and darker, and eventually it's dark. And Franco comes out it was in a quite, dinghy, in yeah. a dinghy at, 
first if we slaughter with Franco, then the dinghy just stops and there's guys fiddling with the engine. <laughs> and he's I'm like, like, like shouting okay. at him and he's like, hi, Franco, and he doesn't respond. I'm like, it's not Franco, it's just <laughs> some random fisherman. <laughs> so then we continue on and then he like speeds up next to us and he's like, you know, okay, where you guys are right now, this is like the best place to anchor between that, the brown buoy and the yellow buoy, and I can barely see like the yellow buoy. And then... And we can't see the brown buoy because it's too dark already. So, we were like, okay, should we drop the anchor? And I'm screaming in the front like, let's drop the anchor! Because I can see like the boats in front of us. I feel like we're going to crash into this big ass catamaran that's right in front of us. And like I can see other boats around, but he's telling us to anchor here. <laughs> So, and at the meantime, <laughs> and at this time, obviously, we're like, I also, I wasn't too worried about anchoring under sail because I had a theory, like in theory, I'd done it before, which yeah. is you turn your boat into the wind and that's when you drop anchor. What I didn't take into account that is in this instance, this the current is actually Strong. plays much stronger than the wind. Mm-hmm. And like, so I tried to turn into the wind, which is basically impossible because the current is pushing us in the other direction. And then by the time we dropped the anchor, we are like, literally, like, 10 meters from another boat, like... Yeah. And I'm losing steerage because there's hardly any wind, and, like, like we're trying to, like... <laughs> oh, the anchor is, like, half down. No, we had, like, 30 meters out of oh, that Oh, was point. it at that time? Yeah. But, yeah, and, and the boat's still moving, and now I'm with, like, the sail half up, trying to, like, sail in between two other boats, like, the one... Monohull, which was there, and then the uh, Trinity, yeah. and I was like just trying not to hit either of them. And there's this, a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, and then we also don't know if the anchor is set. At some point, like after a little bit of this, like after ten minutes of this, uh, Franco comes back to us and is like, "Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, but like, no, well, you're not at now. This is not good. Like, you can't, you can't anchor there. It's too close." So then we pull up the anchor again completely and we end up sailing like i don't know like 30 meters down or something and we just drop somewhere which, like very far from everyone which felt much more comfortable more, yeah. much more safe and yeah yeah and then we just dropped i think we just put out the first like 40 meters and then i just decided let's just put out 60 meters like all the chain we have yeah and that was great because we knew we, we were knew safe. like we knew with like enough anchor out and it was like seven and a half meters deep so we know we got like eight times the depth of our which is like that's like with that and we've got a good anchor we got like heavy chain so we were like we anchored by this time it's like eight o'clock nine mm. o'clock yeah also at the same time we've got these like like we got the other boats around us but then you got these barges which are these double decker barges which have either karaoke or just music blaring. We're just like going in little circles around our board and just, I mean, it's not, they're not specifically going around our board, but they're just on, on Where some, we are. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, so we got all this music blaring. While we're out <laughs> trying to do this, it's like very confusing. <laughs> but yeah. we did drop anchor. We got there safely and we were very relieved. Like we yeah. Yeah, actually got a good night's sleep. Well, we I think that night we had like eight hours of sleep. I don't know. Yeah. I just woke up at five in the morning. Yeah, but know. we did go. Well, anyway, we did have a good night's sleep. Then the next night we still had like, I think we had an even longer sleep, and then yeah. now we're like kind of caught up on on sleep. Yeah. But um, the one thing I do want to mention, which we didn't really mention so far, is that we had a terrible situation happening with our toilet that is <laughs> that is persisting. Uh, so like because you got your two-hour shifts, you are like 
you, your rest time, your off time is like really precious. And you're mm. not only like resting during that time, you're also doing other things like cooking or cleaning or like doing, like Demi fiddling with the batteries or he's always having to take the log so that we knew that if we ran out of uh, battery on a garment. we knew where we were. Yeah. Or like, you know, like a chart, put, plotted on the chart. Because we, have, we do have paper charts. Like even if we would have run out of, battery on the Garmin, like, I could have used the sextant, and I could have used a paper chart, like, mm. like it was a, the, the last, last backup, but we did have that backup. Um, but this flipping situation with this toilet, <laughs> like, I don't know when it started, uh, the thing, when you, it's a pump action, and it pumps seawater in to flush the toilet, it started squirting water out of the handle, I mean, it was First really... it was just running out. First it was just so running out the bottom, which is kind of like you can bear that. But then but it's it's, so... that's So that's not just seawater. It's seawater mixed with... With, with wee, wee and poo, probably. Depending on what you've done. In the yeah, and you could... After a while, there's like a, a little puddle of like... Yellow, brown uh, actually water. Actually, almost orangey water. Yeah. yeah like brown. It's like you, after a while, you can smell it's like just wee, like around the, in the toilet area. And like we're too tired to deal with... <laughs> <laughs> with this on top of all the other things. I eventually started putting cat litter down in that little, because it's got like a little tray. Uh, Where the water with, gathers. Yeah, right. and I was like, let's just deal with it. Let's just put the, the cat litter down there and it can collect all the stuff and we'll just scoop it up and throw it out. And <laughs> I don't know, it's still flipping. It's still, it's still trauma. painful. It's still painful <laughs> for me. Like. I don't want to use this toilet. I said to Demi, like, because on um, Trinity, they have a, a um, they've got, like, a, a hole in their cockpits. So it's, it's a... There's it's a, a seat, basically. A seat with yeah, a hole in it. they've got yeah. a catamaran that has a hole into the ocean, so they just use All it. the way at the back of the boat, They have yeah. a toilet or a hedge, but they also have this thing that they can just sit it's on. It's the simplest, yeah. I said to Demi, like, if we're going to make any changes to our boat, let's... <laughs> have an outside toilet. <laughs> That's all I want, like... So that was quite stressful. Do you want to talk a little bit about the relational stuff now? Yeah, I think okay. so. I mean, we all we actually recorded a little bit of like. Oh, we did, yeah. Um, we did a. We decided we would do like a recording, a separate recording each, uh, while we were on our way, just to record how we are feeling. We're feeling. We just did one, one each. Yeah, and we haven't, but um, we haven't edited to make it into a yeah. podcast episode, so we'll 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 upload that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the thing. I mean. I think at at some point, I like kind of had a little freak out when the battery died, and I'm just like, what are we doing? What am I like? Am I like? Do you even know? Like, like no, doubting self-doubt. Yeah. Doubting like I made the wrong decision by like turning this battery on, and like now we're gonna like like I'm gonna put us in danger, and like really feeling very like no, I'm yeah. feeling very like negative about myself and just not sure and and. Also, just like I guess it was by this time we were, I was already very tired, and mm. then you realize like when you're tired, you make the wrong decisions, and then yeah. you start beating yourself up about the wrong decisions. Mm. And luckily, like I think before that, you had a little bit of a like you oh, had yeah. a freak Meltdown. out, yeah. But then I was able to comfort you, and yeah. then when I had to freak out, you actually were able to comfort me. So that's what I like mm. realized, and also like this whole passage, you like. You actually have been growing into like sailing. Do, sailing and doing like long passages as I was like 
starting to doubt myself more. So I think <laughs> at this passage, you seem to be more confident almost mm. than, than I was at some points at least. Yeah. Where I was actually able to... Because uh, I think the previous passage, I don't know if it was the one to... Um, Walvis Bear, the one to St. Helena. At some point, I think we had a, also a bit of a domestic where <laughs> I think you were like panicking and then I felt like you were... Uh, doubting doubting yeah. my decisions and yes. then I got angry with you for yeah. like uh, because I was already like not sure about myself and now I felt like I had to yeah. like the decisions yeah. that I made that you were ch- challenging my decisions mm. which was not I don't think you were doing that I mm. think that was just my own insecurity no no I definitely had like lots of insecurity for that one because of the back yeah, that had broke. broken so I didn't trust like I ha- I just felt was definitely into like proper fear mode so mm. I was like questioning everything like mm. and so I think you're probably it, right to have that reaction because but I think that's probably I, what I was still, feeling it's still yeah. not the right I mean I guess that's the whole thing as like as a skipper you know you're supposed to be the one who if you don't know what's going on then no one knows what's going on no, if you're panicking I know but I guess that's 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 again that you're not like, only the skipper you're, you're my husband no like, I know but that's yeah. what I, I just yeah. wanted to say like the the times when it like it's really hard for me is when I start to doubt myself mm-hmm. and I'll get to a dark place like a, a place of insecurity myself which I know as a skipper is like it's it's not just like it's shit because you doubt yourself it's you know that this is not a place you actually as a skipper can go because mm-hmm. then you you can't make right decisions anymore and if you don't know what you're doing anymore then no one I mean yeah so I, I felt like this this passage I felt like really surprised way more supported by you oh good uh and like really proud of you of how like you yeah how at some like tough times you were actually able to say like no this is fine and we'll do this or mm. like um so that was really good and i guess the other thing is this also realizing that like as uh, as we were leaving like if we if we had to hand steer i couldn't imagine us being able to hand steer all the way from saint Helena no. to and then actually we basically did. We did, yeah. Except for the first few days when we had like <laughs> some assist during the day. Yeah. We most of like more than half of the way we hand steered like like non stop. We basically hand steered I think I calculated probably two weeks non stop, like mm. maybe twelve days or something yeah. of non stop hand steering, which is like pretty hardcore. It's very hardcore and yeah. we actually managed to do it and it was hard but we we did it. Mm. And also the, yeah, sailing up the river and, and like all the things, like all the, I guess it's like every challenge we've faced, which is, I guess, the whole thing about sailing. You, you, you're faced with challenges and you have to overcome them because no there's, no other, yeah. there's no other option. You, you can try to call for help, but like, <laughs> who's going to help you? Even mm-hmm. like, even closer to shore, like even if someone could tow us in, it's actually probably would create a more, more dangerous situation mm-hmm. than us trying to figure it out ourselves. So I think, yeah, like the same as also what Kay was saying, like as you're hand steering, especially at night, like the first few nights I was still like listening to podcasts or or audio stories, but yeah, halfway through, like basically we have no (laughs) way to charge our devices. So the phone is just off because I can't charge it. We're like, yeah, you can't, yeah, you don't have anything to distract you and Mm. you have to be alert enough to to steer but at the same time your mind is also just wondering and I think mm. it's I mean it, it it was like very like yeah same as what Kay has said like I think 
I processed also a lot of things. Mm. Like it, it really like yeah. Uh, so it, uh, it's as hard as it was. It's also been like guess, really the most rewarding yeah. sail because it was the hardest one. Which is I think this whole sailing adventure has been like that. Mm. Like it's been more, way more challenging than we would have imagined. Yeah. I think if we would have known it was this challenging, I don't think we would have. It. we would have done it but yeah. now that we have done it has also been the most rewarding thing we've ever done i think yeah so yeah that's it we're in brazil now we'll <laughs> we'll talk about how it is here in brazil i mean we're loving it here it's 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 amazing it's it's a new continent it's a new country it's a new culture it's a language we barely understand mm. hardly anyone here speaks english but it's it's all good. I mean, mm. we've got a lot of things to fix on the boat. We have the engine to fix. We've got to batteries. replace the batteries. We have to make sure all our systems are working for the continuation, which also is a challenge with the language. And well, anyway, we will we'll get into that in another mm. episode. But yeah, we're here. It was the toughest passage yet. Yet. Hopefully the t- toughest passage ever. <laughs> I hope we don't get to. But well, you never know. That's the thing with saying you never know what's what's gonna come next. But mm. we made it, and like we, uh, so, we've a lot of the people who who are following us, our friends and family, have like said like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And like, you, you guys did it, and like people are like like proud of us, and like and actually we are proud of ourselves. So it's like mm. it has been. I mean, it has been like. For us together as a as a couple, like like also like yeah, definitely been uh, rewarding or I don't know what the word is like but like yeah, it made like yeah. I guess it like made us realize again that we are capable of so much more yeah, than we ever knew. Yeah, and, and we... also with our relationship that we like yeah, we've got the relationship where you actually strengthening each other and you mm. actually. Together, you're able to do things that, like, alone or with someone else, you wouldn't be able to do it. That's the other thing. Like, when we were, when you're doing two-hour shifts on and off, you would think, like, oh, if we had a third person on board, you could do two-hour shifts and four hours off shift. But like, even then, I was like, I can't imagine having to go through this with anyone else. But okay, <laughs> like, I don't think, I think it would have been horrible to have to do this with. I mean, I don't think it would have been better. I think it would have, would have made it. I, I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted to do it any other way. I guess that's it. Or definitely with no one else than with you. <laughs> and yeah, also our friends who are following us. Like some of us were sending us messages along the way, and especially since we've gotten here, gotten such like n- nice uh, messages yeah. and feedback. Mm. And it's like yeah, that's that's also been really amazing. So mm. yeah, I guess that's it, eh? That's it. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have some, for the next one, we'll have some uh, info some about where we are. Yeah. yeah. Tell you a bit more about Cabadalo, about, well, Chicory, Cabadalo, Jao Basau, Brazil. Uh, the whole... chicken procedure, how that yeah. means and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's also some interesting. <laughs> uh, we should record that also soon before we yeah. forget okay. all about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be next week's episode. And I think we might actually just upload the what we recorded during the passage is just as an extra. Like yeah, as a, I not, think so. As a, I haven't even heard what Demi said on no, that. No, or the other way yeah, around. So, so we, yeah, I think we'll just put that on us, not on Friday, but it's just as a little extra uh, add-on to this to this episode. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
and everyone who has been in touch with us thanks like it really helps like it feels really nice to know that like so many of you are following us and like following us where we are on on garmin and just like like yeah listening to our podcast and 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 like are doing this like following us along it's yeah. really it's really nice to to know that it does it makes you feel not so alone when you're in the middle yeah. ocean hey yes for sure okay well lots of love week. yeah bye bye i can't see it's digital it's too dark i have to find the lights okay um